Together, we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster, celebrating our bravery in all of it. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are, while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so thankful that you're here. Our guest today is a transformational teacher, a worldwide speaker, an author of two national best-selling books. He's been interviewed by the likes of Larry King, Dr. Drew, Tom Bilyeu, and Inc. Magazine calls him the mindfulness guru billionaires go to for advice. He's a gifted speaker. In fact, he spoke in front of an audience of 3,000 people at age eight. And by the time he was 18, he'd already spoken in front of over 100,000 people in live audiences. His most recent book, The Magic of Surrender, Finding the Courage to Let Go, is a practical guide to unlocking your life's greatest power and routinely experiencing miracles in your everyday life. The book features captivating and insightful stories of exceptional people who embodied the practices of surrender, such as Nelson Mandela, Viktor Frankl, Lady Gaga, Bruce Lee, Laird Hamilton, Tyler Perry, and Dave Chappelle. For those feeling tired of fighting with life, exhausted from the grind or unfulfilled despite all of our achievements, today's guest has some transformational wisdom. Please help me welcome Cute Blackson to Untamed and Unashamed. Hi. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. I was um, telling you before uh, that a lot of my friends have interviewed you, so I'm excited. Cool. On. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I want to get into the magic of surrender and, and all of that because I'm I'm so interested in it. But maybe first, yeah, you could share a little bit about your story. I know you started speaking in front of large groups. <laughs> yeah, that could that could take like four podcast episodes, but I'll do my best to to condense it. But okay. yeah, I was I was born in Ghana, West Africa. Father's from Ghana, mother's Japanese, grew up in London. And my childhood was a bit unique, but I didn't know it was that different because I thought everybody kind of had my childhood until I realized maybe not in that um, my first memories as a young boy, I remember seeing a crippled woman crawling on the floor. She picks up the, the sand, the gravel that this man walks on, wipes it on her face and stands up. And so week after week, I grew up seeing these miracles, but I didn't think anything of it. And sometimes people would say to me, Ku, you know, was that shit real? Was it a scam? What was the deal? I'm like, well, I saw it every single day in front of me, no cameras, just me and what was happening. And so week after week, blind people seeing, deaf people hearing the same man whose gravel she picked up would look at a woman in a wheelchair and say, hey, stand up, why are you in this wheelchair? Put his hands on them, touch them, and they would be healed. Um, somebody would come in with crutches and he would say, throw your crutches away and they would throw their crutches away and they would be healed. And so this man was my father. He built uh, 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa. He built a huge church in London, about 4,000 people every Sunday, about you know hundreds of thousands of people all throughout Africa. So he was considered like a miracle man of Africa, very mystical, spiritual character, 
very interesting character, actually. Uh, I would say metaphysical in many ways. So I grew up with a deep spirituality. My mother was Buddhist. So I grew up meditating with my mom and going to church on Sundays. And it was kind of eclectic. And so when I was age eight is when I was thrown into the audience and my father said, speak. And that began my speaking career. When I was 14, I was actually ordained as a minister. And I was given... Uh, the kind of mandate to take over my father's organization and I was his successor. Everybody was happy, but me, uh, mm-hmm. I just felt in my soul, this wasn't my path. You know, my, my life was basically <clears throat> carved out and set out for me, but something didn't feel right. But as a kid, 14, you know, wanting his father's approval and, like many of us, I allowed, I would say, fear to hijack my voice. And I said nothing. And for the next four years, I tried to to fit myself to become who I thought I needed to be in order to be loved, in order to be validated, in order to, to fit in and became miserable in the process. And so when I turned 18, everything you could say flipped around when I looked into my future and I saw that. I could take over my father's church and be successful and, and follow the expected path. But if I don't have myself, if I don't have my truth, if I don't have my integrity, what kind of success is that, you know? And I saw that if I lie to myself now to get love, validation and approval, I'm going to have to lie to myself for the rest of my life. And that felt incredibly painful. And so simultaneously, I felt this... I felt a deep calling to come to America. I felt a deep calling to come to the US. I felt a deep calling to come to Los Angeles specifically because as a kid, <clears throat> I would sneak into my father's office and he had a thousand, you know, spiritual books on his bookshelf. And I began reading people like Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra mm-hmm. and Marianne Williamson from, from age eight, age nine. And I became obsessed with just trying to understand life and the meaning of life and why we're here and, you know, your thoughts create your reality. Reading people like Shakti Gawain and creative visualization, they were like OG, you know, law of attraction people. And so this became my my life. And I saw that there was a whole <clears throat> different way of impacting people that wasn't through religion or the church. And that's when I felt this deep calling in my soul that said, go to America. And it didn't make sense. I didn't know anyone in America. I chose not to go to university. Everybody thought I was nuts. But I think... Sometimes what your soul guides you to do <clears throat> makes no sense, isn't convenient, isn't comfortable. But I found that when you, when I've listened to my soul, I've never been guided wrong. And so that's mm-hmm. when I knew, I knew that I had to leave everything behind. I renounced the church. I renounced everything. I knew what that would mean. I knew my father and I would probably have a big falling out, which we did. I had the conversation. We didn't speak for two years. And I came to the U.S. I won a green card in lottery. That's the short version. And, uh, you could say another miracle in my life and came to the US, two suitcases, $800, 18 and a half years old, landed in LA, Venice Beach, cried for like the first three weeks, wanted to go back. But something, something bigger than me just kept pulling me, you know, something bigger than myself kept, kept, kept me going and went and found many of the teachers and the mentors that I'd read about, studied with some of them. After a few years of being here, when everything shifted again, set me on my path was I decided that I was tired of reading the books and I was tired of like reading Deepak's information and, 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 you know, um, Louis Hay and Mary, I mean, it was great for them, but I wanted to know truth for myself. And so Mm -hmm. I said, I'm basically going to leave the U S and I'm going to travel in search of answers. And I went to Israel 
I went to walk the Camino in northern Spain, ended up in India, and I spent four months in India. That really cracked me open to a sense of my purpose and who I am, and that's when I came back and started coaching people, and that was 20, 20, some, 20 years ago. Beautiful. So I'm curious, because uh, I grew up in a very similar setting where I was wow. watching people get healed. <laughs> wow. Uh, it was a normal thing for me as well. Yeah. I also would see them like uh, say that they were casting demons out of people and they would start to have seizures or throw up. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious now, looking back at that, what are your thoughts on what that was? You know, I think energy is energy, however you want to label it and whatever um, modality, whatever paradigm you look at, like you go to Indonesia, I do a lot of stuff in Bali in Indonesia, mm-hmm. they'll, 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 they have a certain lens and paradigm through their cultural conditioning and they'll be like, oh, you're possessed with demons. But I think, I don't know if it's demons, I just think it can be, sometimes demons can be like unprocessed emotions and energy and pain and hurt and resentment and trauma that you don't deal with that that energy gets toxic inside of you and makes you crazy that in certain Mm -hmm. cultures they might say it's a demon but no it's your anger it's your sadness it's your resentment that is making you you know a bit cuckoo and so in other cultures religious traditions like my father christian traditions um you know they might talk about the holy spirit and 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 your the Holy Spirit is moving, whereas in, you know, certain Hindu, Indian traditions, uh, Siddha traditions, it, it's just more like Kundalini is flowing and receiving Shaktipat from the guru. And so there were many moments where I saw my father touch people and they would fly across the room. And then I'd meet, go to India, meet with gurus, and they would touch people and they would, you know, start convulsing and flying across the room. It, it, energy is energy. And so I just think it, it often... The source energy often gets filtered through the the paradigm and the lens of one's conditioned culture. Um, mm-hmm. And then we put labels on it, you know, more than anything. So I, personally, I'm not that interested or care that much in terms of labels and what we call it and this and that. It's just energy. You could, for me, Holy Spirit... I, I sometimes say I feel the Holy Spirit energy. I guess it's energy, it's spirit. Is it the Holy Spirit in in the way that some people term it? Not necessarily, but I definitely feel in moments like when I work, the spirit, the Holy Spirit. But we could just label it anything. It's just energy flowing, you know. So I, I do think that I saw a lot of people come to my father. And what I what I will say is I think my father it wasn't my father that was healing people. It was people's willingness to be open and available and believe it was their, their, their receptivity and availability to believe in the possibility. And, and, and I think my people like my father and healers, my father held such a intentionality of, of the true essence and reality that we are whole, perfect and complete, that we are divine beings, that we are, you know, source, we are one with source. And he just so, I think just so saw the truth beyond mm-hmm. the physical manifestation or the physical challenges that if somebody was able to align with that and he was so strong in his seeing, I think if somebody was able to align with that, 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 that elevated the possibility for a shift in their energy that made it possible, you could say, for, for, for healing to, to, to occur. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And it sounds like you 
following your own path involved a lot of surrender for you uh, between you and your father. And then when you got to Venice and you cried and for weeks, yeah, there's a lot of surrender there. So I'm curious, you know, and you, you speak on surrender, you've written a beautiful book on it. Maybe can you, can you tell us what does it, what does it really mean to surrender? Like, what does that actually look like to you? Um, is it mostly like a letting go? Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> a big question, you know, mm-hmm. it's a big question. I wish I, I wish I could say, okay, one, two, three, four, five, boom, there it is. You know, here's mm-hmm. the formula, but I don't think there's a formula to it. I think surrender is, is a process. Mm-hmm. I think surrender is really the process of life. I feel that surrender is really why we incarnate into this human experience really and life itself if anything in this human incarnation is a process of surrender we're born we begin to age once we reach a certain stage the body goes through what it does so i don't think it's about well will you surrender or will you want i think it's about you can surrender now you can surrender tomorrow you can surrender when you're 80 on your deathbed if there is such a thing next lifetime or lifetime but at some point we will all have to surrender to what we really are, which is divine, you know, which is source, which is part of the God force energy. And so I, so I would say that um, it's how we want to participate in the process of life that is surrender because we will all age, shit's going to fall apart, we're going to get wrinkles, hair's going to turn gray. I know we can do all this biohacking stuff, but the reality is, We're going to have to surrender at the end of the day and we can fight the process that is life and change or we can embrace it. And so I think part of surrender is the openness and part of surrender is the willingness and part of surrender is the availability and the embrace. And so I think that I will say that I feel surrender is the most important, is the most powerful thing that we can do as human beings Mm. beyond strategies and formulas. Like to me, I think surrender is the most powerful thing. I think that surrender is the real, the real secret to manifestation. There's lots mm-hmm. of theories. Surrender is the real key to the next level of life. Surrender is the real password to freedom. If you look at the really, the great ones, <clears throat> a Jesus, a Buddha, Mother Teresa, a Gandhi, a Martin Luther King, a Mandela, I mean, a, a Muhammad Ali, a, a, a Bruce Lee, who's a childhood hero of mine. At some point, in different ways, they all surrendered themselves to, to the divine, to life, to the universe, to, to that purpose that was bigger than themselves. And maybe they had an idea for the life that they thought that they were going to live, but Life had its own intelligence and intention that took them in a different direction that they could have resisted. But I think it it, it took a level of surrender and availability and letting go and openness. And so I think all of these people in their surrender, they transcended their human limitations and they tapped in the surrender. They tapped into another dimension of life. And that's when life began to manifest through them. Life began to live them. Life began to use them. Life began to express through them in ways that they could not have even imagined or planned with their own localized, logical, ego mind. And I think that's when the magic happens. And so surrender is, let's see, I think we have so many misconceptions about surrender. This, this, this myth that surrender is weak, that surrender is passive, 
you're going to just sit down and, you know, eat a bunch of potato chips and just wait for stuff to happen. That surrender is waving the white flag. That surrender is giving up. That surrender means you're going to get left behind. You're going to be a doormat. You're going to be taken advantage of. You're going to be abused. That You won't manifest your dreams. You might get less. I'm actually saying, no, if you really, if you truly let go and you truly embrace the real strength and power and active process of what surrender is, like what if you didn't get less, but you got more? Maybe not what you thought, maybe not what you planned, maybe not what you intended, but what if it was, what if you surrendered to this intelligence that is life, this intelligence that is living you and breathing you and digesting your food. And if you cut your finger, the same intelligence that knows exactly how to heal you, that is functioning all of existence. If you so truly surrender to this natural flow that is life itself, what if, what if things turned out better than you could have planned? and beyond your imagination. And so I think that surrender is taking the limitations off of life, completely mm-hmm. taking the limitations off of life. And so, yes, it is a, it is a letting go of control, or I should say the illusion that we're in control. It is a, it's when we stop trying to force and manipulate life to fit our limited idea of, how we think it should be and who we think it should be and how we think relationships should be so that we can be open, you know, Mm -hmm. and available. And so for me, the old paradigm is, has been more about like, make it happen. And you got to know the ego based paradigm. You have to know what you want. And when you get clear on what you want, then it manifests. But there's many times when we achieve what we thought we wanted to achieve and we realize shit, is this it? This is what I thought I wanted was not what I really wanted. It was just what I thought I wanted based on who I thought I, who I thought I was. And so often our goals can be projections, you know, Mm -hmm. of conditioning and ego and unmet needs from childhood. And so I invite people to sit with not like, what do I want? And you can manifest from the level of the ego, amazing things, but it will always, what I have found is it would always be limited. Because mm-hmm. the ego, that perceived sense of what we believe ourselves to be, which is based on conditioning from past experience, is based on the past. So when we are manifesting and living and creating from ego, we're still limited to the past experience. But when we truly surrender, it's an infinite game where we're actually asking a different question. And the question becomes more about, okay, what, what, is, it that, <clears throat> what is it that life wants to manifest through me? What is it that God wants to manifest in me? What is it that the universe wants to manifest? What is my soul seeking to manifest? What is the deepest intelligence of life seeking to express through me and to allow oneself to be open and available and receptive to that? And the thing is, often we don't know what that is. It's bigger than our mind. It's bigger than our current capacity to conceive. I look at Mandela and I think, this dude shook the world. This dude changed the course of history. 27 years in prison. Should he have not spent 27 years in prison? Like Mandela's life is not a life you can strategize. It's not a life you could sit there and go, yeah, I'm going to make a, make a little sort of a, a goal plan vision board. Well, I'm going to spend 27 years in prison and then I'm going to come out and be president. That, that, that's, you know, that kind of life is bigger than that, you know? And so I think that uh, surrender is what brings you in the flow of the highest possibilities of life 
And that's when the magic happens. And I think Mm -hmm. if all of us, if we look at, if you and I, if we look at the best things in life that have happened to you, meeting that person, meeting your soulmate, meeting that love, meeting the friend, whatever, did you plan it? Yeah, exactly at 4 p.m. on on a Thursday, I'm going to go to the coffee shop and my soulmate will be waiting there. For, we didn't plan that shit. It just happened in the process. It's like, wow, I couldn't have imagined. And so I think, to me, surrender is that password to freedom. You know, it's, it's, it's the real key that opens the possibilities. And so when you feel what is most authentic and seeking to happen, then you align with it. Now you're, now you're in sync with nature. Like, like for me, as an example, I wrote the book, The Magic of Surrender. This was not the book I wanted to write. I didn't want to write this book. Honestly, I wanted to write a fancy book that was going to be sort of like, how can I write a New York Times bestseller? You know, the magical art of tidying up, the subtle art of not giving up. You know, I'm going to, cre- I'm going to reverse engineer this very intelligent and I came up with 75 ideas. None of those ideas felt true. Mm. The, only, the only concept at the bottom of my list that I felt a resonance of authenticity was the word surrender. And I resisted it. I resisted it. I'm like, oh, shit, people, you know, the ego, we, we don't wanna, we want to, we know we should, but we, we resist surrender for reasons which we can get into. But I knew that this was the book that was seeking to happen. So I had to surrender to the book about surrender, not the book I wanted to write, but the book that was actually seeking to happen. And so when you can tune into the the, the highest flow, then you are now in harmony with life and your soul and nature. Then you can bring your mind and your strategy and your planning and your goal setting and, you know, all of that stuff to, to support the fulfillment of the most authentic flow. Then you can give one, then I say you can give 100% of your efforts without attachment. And I think there's the dance and there's the key. So I can say more, but that's the essence. Yeah, I love that. I think that it's, I mean, if you were to look at surrender in a relationship, it's like, yes, you have to keep your heart open and surrender to the outcome. Because if you're so fixated on where the relationship is going, if you're going to get married, if you're going to have children or all of these things, it not only sucks the joy out of the relationship, but the relationship will likely end because you're in this state of rigidness and control and fear. However, when you surrender to the outcome, uh, that's when the beauty happens. But there is, it's so important that you keep your heart open in the midst of it. And I love that you brought up that it's not the same thing as passive because I think for a lot of us, we do confuse with like, I really want to do this. I'm just going to surrender to it. And then that that, that is like, it's kind of like a new age spiritual bullshit excuse. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to surrender. And we confuse surrender and go with the flow. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to go with the flow. So I'm going to like, I'm going to smoke my brains out and just sort of sit there and not pursue my vision. I'm going to surrender the flow. So I'm not going to go to the gym. And, and get healthy. I'm going to surrender the flow. So I'm going to eat like, you know, four tubs of Haagen-Dazs or not write my book. That's not surrendering. That is, that is being run by your biology, by your conditioning, by your fears, by your ego. Sometimes when you feel the vision of what you are called to do, it might terrify you. It might scare you. It might freak you out. You might resist it. Like, I don't know, but the surrender is to the deeper calling. And sometimes surrender means you do what you don't actually feel like doing. You, you take the step in the direction 
of what scares you, even though you're not in the mood. And so surrender is to not simply allow your mood, your fleeting mood, to dictate the deeper commitment of your soul. Like for, I hate writing books. I've written two best-selling books. I don't, confession, I don't enjoy writing books. But I know that, you know, a lot of people will read my books and will be touched by my books in some way. And so for me, there was a deeper commitment to, to that service and that dharma and that purpose mm-hmm. than my mood in the moment. Like, I'd rather go outside and take a hike or I, I, don't, I don't feel in the mood. So surrender is, is not following the fleeting mood and feelings of the moment, but being more committed to the calling of your soul which might mean you do things you don't feel like doing and want to do that are difficult, but you do it anyway. And I think that's, that's the difference. I'm so excited to tell you about Paleo Valley beef sticks, which are one of the healthiest snacks on the market. I tend to not like beef jerky type snacks because they're usually so dry, but these are so juicy and full of flavor. I've been upping my protein for my overall health and physique, so I have zero guilt snacking on these. And because it's a protein snack, I feel fuller in between meals. They are also a great environmental snack choice because they're 100% grass-fed and finished, sourced from small domestic farms that contribute to regenerative agriculture. I feel good doing my part to put an end to inhumane factory farms that negatively impact the environment by the food I choose to purchase. Also, almost every meat snack on the market is made with a processing agent called encapsulated citric acid in order to have a long shelf life, but ECA can cause a ton of health issues. Paleo Valley Beef Sticks uses fermentation instead to give the beef sticks a long shelf life without harmful acids and chemicals, and fermentation is great for gut health. They're also only flavored with organic spices. I'm telling you guys, when you unwrap these, it's like literally juice comes out of the wrapper. That's how juicy and just flavorful these things are. You'll love them. Head over to paleovalley.com forward slash jade for 15% off your first order. That's P-A-L-E-O. V-A-L-L-E-Y dot com forward slash Jade. Paleovalley.com forward slash Jade for 15% off your first order. Now on with the show. If it were to go back to that example of the relationship. Let's talk uh, about relationship. Well, the opposite of like, if it, you know, I, I mentioned that it's surrendering to the outcome of where the relationship may be headed and keeping your heart open is so key. But like, if you were to bring passivity into that, then it's an excuse to like, Let's just go with the flow, like you said, and no Exactly. Let's just look. Let's just go with the flow and see what, rather than fucking committing. And then you because, have yourself because, in a situation. Because, because sometimes it, it, it takes real. See, the ego is sneaky. The ego can use certain concepts to sort of protect itself. I'm just going to go with the flow. So let's just see how this flows rather than like, I'm going to really commit myself. And sometimes we have this mistaken relationship that commitment is limitation that mm-hmm. commitment is 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 but but the truth is when you really understand that love is freedom and freedom is love and love takes commitment mm-hmm. and, and 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 so there's this sometimes misunderstanding well we just go with the flow see what happens but it requires for, for relationship to blossom, it requires commitment, which is different than attachment. And there's mm-hmm. the difference. So you can be fully like, like you can be fully committed to being in relationship with someone 
and loving them completely and giving everything without attachment to the outcome because the outcome you can't control, but you can be attached to the loving. And when you are attached to the loving, like I am going to give everything in this relationship to myself, to this person, so that no matter what happens in the outcome, I will have peace in knowing I gave everything. Mm -hmm. To me, that is the surrender. And Mm -hmm. if you do that, you're free. So I would say, yes, don't confuse, like just go with the flow and let's see what happens as, as a, as, as true surrender, because I think real love requires true commitment. And sometimes that might mean when inevitably in relationship, when all of your shadow and your demons and your shit comes up to the surface and your partnership comes up to the surface, you don't just immediately run. It's like, everything is, it's fun and games. Like, I love you. I love you. I'm you're the, the best thing. That's it. Boom. Shit comes up. I'm out. I'm mm-hmm. that, that, it, because so real love sometimes take real love sometimes means that you, you commit so deeply that you don't just run when shit gets hard. Mm-hmm. You don't just run when, when stuff gets difficult, when your stuff comes up, when their stuff comes up, because you understand the, the deeper connection that you and the person have, you understand maybe the deeper purpose of relationship. And when you understand the deeper purpose of relationship that you attracted this person and they attracted you because on some level, your vibrational match on some level, they mirror to you aspects of yourself that you most need to heal, go and learn on some level. There might be some karma there that you get to resolve. And I think when you can understand the real purpose of relationship, which is about evolution and growth and learning the lessons so that you can become more of who you are and realize more of your true nature and learn the lessons for why you and this person have attracted each other, it shifts your, I think, understanding of relationship because you understand if you're just going to go with the flow and leave because it got a bit hard, you're probably going to attract a similar vibrational energy in the form of another person in the next relationship and you're going to be faced with the same thing. So you may as well work through it now if there is a willingness on both of your parts obviously person is not abusive or physically mentally you know toxic in that way but if there's a willingness on both of your parts i would say commit deeper because regardless of what happens when you love you can never lose because Mm. when you love you open your heart doesn't matter what the other person does but they did that's their deal When you love, you open your heart. When you learn your lessons, you grow and evolve. So when you love, you open your heart. When you open your heart, that opening, nobody can take that from you. Whether the other person chose to rise up or not, no one can take that away from you. So now you leave that situationship or relationship with your heart muscle expanded that you're now more available to yourself. You're now more available to the next level. And because you've learned the lessons that that relationship was sent to teach you, you now are able to transcend this level of consciousness and frequency and vibration so that you can attract someone different. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's so beautiful. And I, I believe that what we mapped out when it comes to surrender and relationships can be applied in Mm -hmm. all areas of our lives. I'm curious when it comes to manifestation specifically, because I see a lot of people, like, 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 like there's one other thing about relationship it's like mm-hmm. sometimes because because i think you know i'm glad you're talking about relationship because because it takes the concept of surrender out of you know the spiritual like you know 
airy fairy into like, real. the real shit. It makes it real. You know, you don't have to be spiritual, but when you're in a relationship, you feel some things. And I think surrender is so important. Like many times we have these ideas of how we think the other person should be or how we, or, or, or the person that we think we should be with. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, you know, even part of surrender is give up the idea of even who, who you think your soulmate sh- is going to be and how you think they should be. So, because we don't realize in many ways from the, from the level of our conditioned mind, we put limitations on the universe, limitations on the divine. And now we're not even open to mm-hmm. what is actually highest for us. Mm-hmm. We're not even available because we think, oh, this is the type of person I should be with. This person is my type. This is the type of person I want to manifest. But many times it's rooted in our conditioning. It's rooted mm-hmm. in, in, in our traumas. It's rooted in our sort of unconscious, unresolved stuff. And so I think if you're able just to be open and available, like the woman I married, who's the most amazing woman, is not the woman I thought I was going to marry. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, it's like, and it happened in the most, talk about surrendered way, but it happened in the most random, strange, weird way that the universe felt like played a pra- practical joke on me and just said, see, you just got to surrender. And so I think when we surrender, we think that life won't happen. We think that life doesn't have an intelligence, but the truth is life has been around for billions of years. You and I have been around, what, 25, 30, 40, 50. Okay, maybe someone listening to this conversation is 100 years old. But the truth is life has been around billions of billions of years. You and I, 80, 50, 40, 60. Do we really think life doesn't know? Life doesn't have a rhythm and a cycle and intelligence and see, like, life knows. So I think we have to, even in relationship, bring ourselves in flow with life. And I think that's when the magic happens, you know, even in, even in relationship. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I'm glad that you brought up like, you know, kind of a form of like manifesting a soulmate because so many people, and that's what I wanted to talk to yeah, you about. I see a lot online about like, if you're in the manifestation practices, you're not actually surrendering to God and you're not in receptivity. You're in this like forced place. And that's not what manifestation feels like for me. Yes. Um, but I'm curious when it comes to a lot, you know, a lot of people in manifestation are manifesting a certain soulmate or $10,000 months or whatever it is that they desire. So how do we bring surrender into, cause I know you have a course on manifestation um, and it looks incredible. So with your techniques, how do you, how do you bring in surrender? You know, look, I, I think that, that that's why I said just to, to sort of begin the question. To me, the question is not what do I want? <clears throat> that, that's level one. of what, what do I want? Mm. But if we're not in touch with who am I, then many times what we think we want will be a projection of our conditioning. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't feel lovable. I didn't feel worthy. Dad wasn't around. I was bullied in school. I was the ugly duckling. So I think if I can get that girl, if I can get that thing, if I can achieve that thing, then then I'm going to be enough. And we mistakenly think then now we're trying to manifest something that we think is going to give us something that it's not really going to give us. And so then, then we are trying to manifest things that aren't necessarily, I don't say authentic, you know, uh, and, and they're limited. And so nothing wrong with that. It just won't bring you fulfillment and won't bring you happiness. And many times 
it won't manifest because it's not necessarily in alignment with what is your path and your dharma and your purpose and your soul's trajectory, your soul's intention or what your soul is seeking to learn. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's why I say the question, if you want to begin manifesting at a higher level, yeah, you can get, get a sense of what you want. But I would say, this is why I invite people to ask the question, what is it, what is it that my soul is seeking to express? What is it that my soul is seeking to experience? What is it that my soul is seeking to manifest? What is it that my soul is seeking to create? What is it that my soul is seeking to write? What is it that my soul is seeking to project? What is it that my soul is seeking to, you know, and, 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 and attune to that and, and, and expand to feel that impulse? Then you can kind of catch the vision for what is real and what is authentic. So I, I, I kind of call it soul setting rather than goal setting you know, where you're tuning into your soul, then you can, once you catch the real authentic vision of what's true for you, not based on social media or this or parents, it's like, this is what's true. This is what I really want. This is what is truly seeking to express through me in life. I thought it was a career as an actor, but really it's, it's writing a book. Really, it's launching this thing. This is what's true. Then you can, you could say, bring the support of your ego and your mind to help manifest the vision that is now aligned with source, aligned with nature. And so now you can bring the planning and the goal setting and the strategy and the affirmations. But now what you're affirming and visualizing and intending is actually in alignment with what is true, what is authentic versus something that's not necessarily Align, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and so, uh, I will say one other thing about manifestation. To me, in life, you don't get what you want, and you don't get what you pray about. Mm. You don't get what you visualize. You don't get what you think about. You don't get what you what you do affirmations about. You get what you are. Mm. You get what you, or at least consistently, you will get what you are. Like you might magically manifest something for a moment and you're like, well, I manifested it. But if you're not in integrity with it vibrating at that level, then likely you won't sustain it, which is why many times lottery winners, you know, will make all this money in the lottery and then lose it all because, mm -hmm. or, or they'll, they'll burn through it because they haven't necessarily aligned with that within themselves they just ma manage to manifest it for a moment and so for me in life you don't get what you what you want you get what you are mm. so for me part of the key to manifestation is the willingness to do the mental emotional spiritual psychological work the real work the daily work the healing work the therapeutic work to clear the belief systems and the ideas mm. and the pain and the hurt and 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 to clear all of those things so that your vibration can naturally rise. Because when you forgive and you let go and you heal and you bring loving and you love yourself, your, your vibration will rise more and more naturally. As your vibration rises naturally, you will begin to become more magnetic to higher level experiences, higher level people, higher level situations, higher level uh, 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 results in life just from your own beingness. And so, to me, manifestation is is really beingness more than anything, you know, mm. more than anything. So I think when we can kind of clear ourselves, 
by doing the work, then our vibration shifts, our vibration rises. Then we know more of who we are. Oh, this is who I really am, not just my wounds, my pain, my insecurities. Then I think we'll also be able to tune into the more authentic visions and goals rather than the wounded visions and goals that are filtered through the lens of the ego, but through the lens of the soul. Then we'll be able to catch the vision of what we really want clearly more than anything, you know? Yeah. And that's what the manifestation practices that, well, the meditations that I do that most would call manifestation practices. Once I was seeing those posts, I started to like, because I rubbed up against it, you know, like I felt a little triggered. So I was like, okay, there's something here. And then when I went into my next practice, it felt so clear to me, like, this is actually just attunement. It's alignment. It's yes, like it's alignment. Yeah. 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 It's alignment. Look, I, I, it's interesting. The deeper I go, the, the more I, the deeper I go, the less I know. Mm-hmm. And the more I get into the flow of life, the more I observe the intelligence of life working and manifesting in ways without, mm-hmm. without me, mm-hmm. without the sense of me as a doer that is going to make something happen. Mm-hmm. And if I look at just, I mean, I could go through my life, but if I look at the last three years, the last two years, the last few years even, there were things that I could not have manifested that mm. I didn't plan. That is just bring yourself into alignment and you will start to see just situations kind of unfolding and things happening. Maybe not what you thought, but things will start unfolding and happening and unfolding. And you will start to be a witness to the, the grace of life and the magic of life just happening where you start seeing that you are not the doer. It was Jesus who was a miracle worker. To me, Jesus was like a, simply a way shower of a possibility of, of someone who realized their true nature. And Jesus said, the things I do, you can do these things and more. But this is a guy who was said to turn water into wine, manifestation, you know, bring the dead back to life. That's like manifestation at the next level. And he said, to me, this was a code. He said, it's not I. I, as in me, that does the work. It's the Father that does the work through me. To me, the Father, consciousness, the divine, source energy, the goddess, whatever label, but he realized it wasn't him as an individualized ego persona that was like manifesting and making it happen. If anything, he would get himself out of the way so that life can manifest through him. And I think that's, that's that highest level you know, of life where, where, where we open up, where we surrender so that we become one with life and life manifests through us and as us and there is no separation, you know? Yeah. And I think that's where the magic happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love that. I'm in your manifestation course. Is it basically um, is most of the work alignment and attunement? And then yeah, you- it's about helping people clear the blocks, mm-hmm. you know, clear the blocks away so that you can bring yourself into alignment. Because I think when you're in alignment, that's when things flow. Look, there's, there's a few reasons why things don't manifest for people. Number one, the thing that you're trying to manifest is not really in alignment with your 
soul's highest intention. Mm. Like how many times have we tried to make a relationship happen? I don't know about you, but I know years ago, it's like, I really want to marry this girl. Like, I'm going to make her the one. It's like, you can't make something, something that isn't. Mm. I mean, you can't force something that isn't to be. And so even if you do, it's going to be suffering. And so I think sometimes we are pursuing goals that aren't necessarily aligned, Mm -hmm. but we don't know it because we're conditioned. And Mm -hmm. so I think things not manifesting can sometimes be feedback from the universe, just showing you where you're not quite aligned that gives you the opportunity to then course correct. What Mm -hmm. we tend to do as human beings is when things don't happen, we tend to force it. And, and try to push harder rather than stepping back and say, okay, this, this is not happening. And I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. So let me step back and see if there's something more, if there's something deeper, if there's a deeper vision I need to see. Maybe it's not this acting career. Maybe I'm meant to be a producer. Maybe it's not this, you know, uh, 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 acting career maybe i'm meant to be a teacher in some way but i'm so projecting this thing and so attached to this the vision of what i think now that doesn't mean the time that you spend pursuing the goal is a waste because i believe that goals are evolutionary mm-hmm. part of the purpose for manifesting is not simply for the goal or manifestation itself every goal is evolutionary that it will take you on a journey Mm-hmm. the pursuit of trying to manifest that goal will take you on a journey of growth and learning and evolution and you will have to learn lessons along the way which will help you develop into and become more of yourself that journey of pursuing the goal to manifest the thing is the goal is the reward is the purpose for the process of manifestation itself who you become in the process that makes you more available but when we get so attached to the outcome we're like no it's got to be this person it's got to be this 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 concept it's got to be this this business now we're not open to the sort of intelligence or course correction of the universe we're like no and sometimes you know universe is trying to give us a buffet but we're holding on to peanuts. It's like, no, you know, it's trying to course correct you. No, I, I got I to gotta manifest this thing. It's like universe is trying to say, come this way. We're like, no, 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 the peanuts. And so when things don't manifest, step back, self-reflect, be available and say, okay, is there, is there something else I'm not seeing? Is there something more authentic? Second thing is sometimes things don't manifest because it's not timing yet. It's literally, maybe your soul maybe isn't ready right now. Maybe the, 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 the marketplace isn't ready for your product right now. So we have to cultivate patience in that time and, and develop ourselves. A third reason why sometimes things don't manifest is we haven't learned the lessons where we are with who we're with. Like, I believe that we are souls. We're souls. We incarnate into this human experience in order to learn, in order to grow, in order to evolve. That life is like a university for our soul's evolution. Everything is part of our curriculum. Everybody is our teacher. If that is the case, then we incarnated to learn, to grow, to evolve. That being so, when things don't manifest, we tend to force and push. But if life is a school, all lessons are repeated until learned. So if life is a school, then I think when things are manifest, we have to step back and ask ourselves, okay, what is my soul seeking to learn? 
okay, what is my soul not learning in this situation? What is the lesson I need to get in this relationship that I haven't gotten? Because when you learn the lesson where you are with who you're with, that's the key that unlocks the lock to the next level of manifestation. And when you don't learn the lesson, that's when you tend to keep yourself stuck. Maybe you leave the relationship, but you end up in another relationship with the same different person, same pattern, different name, same, same dynamic. And so learn the lesson where you are with who you're with. That unlocks the key to that next level. So those are a few things around manifestation. Yeah, I love all of that. And it is also feels like, at least for me, in the things that I'm, the things that I hold intentions and desires for, it's like who I become in the process, in the process yeah. involves so much deep trust mm. that if I got it right away, <clears throat> I wouldn't have learned to trust the way that I am, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, look, I look back, you know, I look back. When I was 21, I wanted a talk show. Mm. I wanted to be the next Oprah. <laughs> and this is when talk shows were like hot shit, you know, Oprah, <laughs> Ricky Lake, Montel, like, and I'm like, I'm going to be. And, you know, uh, for, for two years, I pursued this thing. Like, people often say, no, I really, I did everything. And they did like two things. Like I, I tracked down Steven Spielberg. I, mm. I knocked on every agent's door. I literally, I went for it. Talk about manifest. I went for it. I tracked down Spielberg, David Geffen, CA, William. I mean, 100 people got kicked out, got rejected. And I finally met these managers that managed Mariah Carey. Um, who, who else did it? Mariah Carey, J Lo, Michael Jackson, Dolly Parton, you know, DiCaprio. And they, these guys, long story short, said, We want to manage you. You're going to be huge. We're going to turn you into a star. Here's the contract. Boom. Bring it back tomorrow. We're going to go to work. I went home. I meditated on it. All I heard in my gut intuition was no. Now, I knew that this was the same intuition that told me to leave my father's church. This was the same thing that told me to apply for the green card. So whenever I listen to this, things go well. When I don't, things don't. And so I decided to listen. And I was, I was mad at the universe. I was upset because I really wanted to sign with these guys. But I decided to listen. And in the moment, I was really upset. But when I look back at the trajectory of my life, that moved me into a depression, which led me to travel to Israel, to walk the Camino, led me to India. My life changed. That set me on a, at a very young age, a really deep spiritual path that I look back now and I, can, and I can say, wow, thank God it didn't happen. Sometimes things not manifesting is grace because I look back and I see that I wasn't ready at 21. You know, I wasn't like, had I, had I gotten caught up in this machine, probably would have gone eaten up and spit out, you know, like Jerry Springer, you know, and just who knows what would have happened. And so I think sometimes we have to see goals not manifesting as grace, and from the left, from, from the perspective of the ego, it seems like the worst thing. Mm -hmm. But from the perspective of the soul, sometimes it's the best thing. And mm -hmm. so I say, thank God, you know, we talk about gratitude, but thank God for the prayers that weren't answered. You may mm -hmm. not understand them in the moment. 2020, I was madly in love with a woman. I thought she was the one. All the stars aligned. I saw my children. I thought, this is it. Long story short. I'm the guy writing a book about surrender. Long story short, 
didn't work out. She wasn't ready. Heartbroken. I'm like, what the hell? Universe, like all the signs, everything, cosmic, everything is like, universe showed me about surrender. Like it made no sense. Long story short, a year later, I met my wife in the most random way, in the exact way I did not think I was going to meet the person in of, of my, like my soulmate. And I met my wife in like the most random way that was not particularly like, there was nothing mystical to it. It's just very ordinary. Um, within a year we were married and have, have a beautiful baby boy. Mm. And so it just goes to show that's what made me say, what the hell do I know? We think we know, but we don't. But life knows. Life has an intelligence. Life has a wisdom. And I think when we can trust life, that's when freaking miracles happen. Like, I, could, I couldn't have planned it. You know, I couldn't have planned some of the stuff. And so I think when we truly say, okay, I'm going to trust, trust life. You, if you want miracles and magic, surrender is the key. The degree to which you want magic is the degree to which you must surrender. And that's when you will see grace flowing in your life. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I know, um, I know we're at our time, so I'm going to go ahead and do the lightning round that closes the show. Um, but I want to thank you for sharing all of that magic. It's very, very heartwarming. So, uh, the first question is, if you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say? I would say, well, if I could hug my younger self, I would say to my younger self, slow down, savor the moments, spend time with your family and loved ones, especially your mom, especially mm-hmm. your dad, because it's those ordinary moments that really matter. Yeah. Thank you. If you could have the whole world read one book, what would it be? Magic of Surrender. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool to be able to say your own book. Yeah. If you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be? If what? You could whisper one phrase to everyone. Wow. On the I would just say, hey, I love you. Mm. All right. Lastly, how can people connect with you? How can they find your work? Sure. Uh, what do you have coming up? Uh, a couple of things. I would say, look, folks, get the book, The Magic of Surrender. Uh, there's so much there that I wasn't even able to get into today, uh, even though this was an awesome interview, but there, there's so much in the book. Uh, I would say that if you are serious about the next level, if you've been inspired by the conversation in some way, uh, twice a year, I do a very special event. Uh, it's in Bali. And so if you're someone who you're ready to transform, you're ready to heal, you're ready to let go of your, to get unstuck and let go of your conditioning, connect with your power and true nature and share your gifts with the world. Join me this December, December the 5th through the 16th, uh, 12 days in Bali. It's my most life-changing event. Uh, 12 days, we dive deep. It's transformational. Uh, I've done 21 events in Bali. This is my 22nd. This will be the last event I do in Bali. And so if you feel the calling, uh, you can find out more. It's called Boundless Bliss www.boundlessblissbali.com. That's boundlessblissbali.com. Uh, you can watch the video, apply there. Um, let's see my, my podcast, uh, Soul Talk. Check me out there. And Instagram, Kublaxon. Beautiful. I have a good amount of friends in Bali, so I'll send it their way as well. Cool, cool. Thank you so much for taking the time. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. All right, you guys, I am totally, I have not read his book, The Magic of Surrender. I read another surrender book 
the Surrender Experiment. And I wasn't that big of a fan, even though it's a really popular book and a really popular writer. It's Michael Singer. Um, I mean, he's a great writer. Uh, But for some reason, it just, maybe it was the timing, but I have this year specifically really leaned into surrender more than any other time, especially when it comes to the things that I am desiring in life. Um, and for me, and I wrote about this on my Instagram, not that long ago, uh, it seemed like I, I developed this sense of urgency as a single mother to like, come into this life that I wanted to provide for my family. When it comes came to multiple things and that sense of urgency, it's the opposite of surrender and it really dries everything up and it repels everything from you. And so releasing the grasp and stepping into flow, stepping into surrender, like we were saying, not the same as passivity, but man, does it feel so much better in my body. And am I, I am enjoying the process and everything in my life so much more. So yeah. Surrender was, uh, it was a topic that I've, I was excited to talk about and I'm excited to dive into his book. Uh, going to thank the affiliates. You can go to my site, jade-bryce.com to sign up for my monthly, um, I do a monthly workshop at the end of every month and uh, every month it's a different theme. Sometimes it's self-love, sometimes it's the armoring the cervix, sometimes it's healing the relationship to the masculine, but you can go to jade-bryce.com to check out what the theme is this month. See if you want to sign up. I also have my, my newsletter on there and right under the link in the show notes, right under that link, you'll see a link for cock worship. And, uh, that's another thing that I'm really excited about. Another course, uh, Yeah, there's so much you'll see on that website about what it is, but I believe it's so healing for us to worship each other in that way. Um, I'm sure there's a course like that out there for men uh, to take for women, but uh, that link is on there. And right under that link is a link for Gene Keys. And that link specifically will take you to the Dream Arc, but there are so many other courses on the Gene Keys website. And if you use that link, uh, this show will get a small cut and it's a way you can support the show. There's courses on love, courses on prosperity, and it's all involving your gene keys, which is kind of like human design, a little bit different. Um, man, I love gene keys, y'all. My episode with the creator, Richard Rudd, was one of my favorites. I just adore him. And then wands, all, uh, all the wands, all the yoni eggs, uh, even some anal plugs, they're all at wands, W-A-A-N-D-S.com. Code Jade gets you a discount there as well. I love their products. They're beautiful altar items. And I also teach people how to use them if you want to work one-on-one together in coaching. And then all things infrared at higherdose.com, code Jade75 for $75 off. Thank you so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. It would mean so much if you would leave a review or share an episode with a friend. And you can also join me on Instagram at Untamed and Unashamed Podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember you belong here. But we got what it takes for the cycle to break. Revolution lives in me. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today.